I don't know about you, but when I hear the term life insurance, I tend to get squeamish. For one, I always think that the topic is overwhelming with all the options that are written in what I call legalese, which is all the words that you just can't understand and which my brain cannot take. And I have this perception that I'm being sold to and maybe taken advantage of. So that is an automatic turnoff for me. In this episode, my special guest, Jessica Nelson, teaches us in a way that life insurance all of a sudden makes more sense. But she also shares with us the one question we need to answer that will help in choosing the right life insurance policy more simply. It is a simple, right in front of your face type of tip, but one we all miss. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's dose of money confidence. Hola, hola. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Jen Hemphill, your host, and I literally cannot wait for you to hear today's interview. That's how excited I am because as you heard earlier, it's a topic that has overwhelmed me and you are going to be blown away with Jessica's explanations like I was. Make sure to catch what that one question is that we need to answer to help us gain that clarity on what policy is right for us. Understanding this answer will help everything fall into place when talking to a life insurance professional. Let me share with you a little bit about Jessica Nelson. She has been on a 20-year mission to educate minorities on the importance of obtaining and sustaining a healthy lifestyle. She is deeply committed to sharing the importance of saving, investing, and spending systemically, and in that order to find higher levels of happiness. Lista, let's go meet Jessica. Bienvenida, Jessica. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I know we've just connected recently. You were recommended to me by AFCPE. And I'm excited to have you here, especially after getting to know you through my event, Financially Strong Latina. So welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Jen. I'm excited. Yes. Let's just start off with going back in time. We want to know your money story. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your experiences, the lessons that you have had around money. Well, money has always been a very pertinent factor in growing up. And I think a lot of families and people would say that. The way that money impacted me personally is that I, from a very young age, I would say about anywhere between the ages of five and eight years old, I just knew I wanted more. I don't know where that feeling came from. I can't explain it. I just know that I owned it at a very early age. And I felt like, Growing up, you know, first-generation American, my parents really struggled 
coming from the Dominican Republic and making a life for themselves. And they did the best they could with the language barrier and settling in the South Bronx and doing the best they could, but they felt like they could really make an impact in their children. And I was excited about that because I had that level of encouragement. But I just felt like when I looked around and the things that I experienced, the scarcity, the poverty, some really disappointing things that I saw, I just felt like that I didn't want my life to be that way. And I knew that I needed to do something differently to get there. Again, I don't know where this feeling came from, but I always felt like I deserved and wanted more. And, you know, that level of feeling and then seeing and comparing people that had money and people who didn't. And I saw the differences. I saw the differences in where they lived, the neighborhoods, the experiences. And because of that, as I got older, middle school, high school, I started experiencing more things, especially with being from the South Bronx. And then I had a chance in high school to get accepted to a school in Manhattan. And so I was traveling from the South Bronx to Manhattan. And those travels really made an impact of seeing the way people lived, the diversity of New York City, the different people that I got a chance to meet, the neighborhoods that I was going into with my exposure of going to high school. And I said, this can be done. And I realized how it could be done. And I said, you need to be educated. And the minute I had a great team of teachers, my family at home, I mean, that level of coupling, encouraging me, I realized that the way to get there was to be educated. So I said, that's it. All you have to do. That's my roadmap. And I did that. That's awesome. And you've done a great job and you seem to continue to do that as well. Now, you shared with me offline that you lost your mother unexpectedly. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about how you navigated the financial side, because you mentioned that there was no life insurance and no money for burial expenses. I still didn't say burial, but I think you all understand me. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about that, how that went. Right. So you got to think, right? I think that one of the gaps that we encounter being immigrant families is that when you move from one country to another, there's a certain culture, expectation, and ways countries do things. And I feel like by my parents being immigrants, they were really more so on survival mode and not to the point of not being proactive and making decisions because I really do believe that money provides you with more options. My parents didn't have that. Whatever came in went right back out. So we never grew up with knowing what options were there. And so when you're talking about tools, financial tools, the closest thing we got to a financial tool was a savings account and a checkings account. That's the furthest we've ever went. There were no discussions of 401k, retirement plans, Roth IRAs. None of that was discussed. Now, keep in mind that it's not like they didn't exist because I was an 80s kid. So it's not like those tools weren't there. They were, but it wasn't accessible. And my family didn't know anything about that. So when I lost my mom, she didn't know anything about that. And I, growing up, when she passed away, I was already a full-fledged adult. But I missed and I failed, I believe, in sharing the things that I started learning and understanding how important it was not only for my family, but for her. And so as I started getting older and realizing the role of life insurance, the minute I got married, I got coverage. My husband got coverage. The minute my children were born, we got coverage for them. And where I failed is that I failed to realize that she also needed a policy. And I felt like 
oh, I never realized that I should have been more responsible in sharing how important it is for everybody to be covered. And so when I lost her, it was devastating, not only emotionally, but it was devastating realizing that I financially had to come together with my husband and incur those costs for funeral expenses. And my family got together. I mean, this is before the GoFundMe time. So think about this. When I lost her, this was before GoFundMe. This was when I had two small children. My son was like three and my daughter was one. And my siblings and my husband all got together as a team and we funded my mother's funeral. I mean, everything. We paid it together. And I'm always thinking like, imagine if she had a policy. Imagine if I would be able to mourn her and not have to worry about those expenses. I think that my loss could have been much more manageable. And I wouldn't have been under so much stress of not only mourning her loss, but also having to incur those costs. It really would have made a difference. And because of that experience, that was one of the major reasons why I decided that I really needed to get into insurance. And I really needed to become an agent because I want every person that I have a conversation with to make sure that they're covered. I was going to ask that. And I was curious about that. And I appreciate you sharing that. And I have to say, I know you said you failed. You mentioned that several times and it looks like you took that burden and put it on you. But I want to also say to you, sometimes I think in life we have so many things to navigate. You took care of your family and it's not to say that you weren't thinking of your mom, but there's just so much going on. So please, I heard you say that several times. I just want to take that failure out, that word, because you were just doing the best you could at that moment in time with what you knew because you had a family. I mean, that's already a lot of responsibility. So from one Latina, from one mujer to another, just I know we as women, we take so much and we put ourselves in this guilt of like, oh, you know, I failed. And I'm speaking because I'm hard on myself too, but I was noticing that. So I just wanted to commend you on everything that you did. I know you feel you failed, but you didn't. You were just doing the best that you could with what you knew at the time and what you had at the time. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Plus, I know others that are listening may be feeling the same thing about something in their life, that they failed someone because of whatever reason, that they could have done better. But we can't just, we can't hold on to that, right? I agree. Yes. So talk to us, because I was curious and I had a feeling that this experience led you to become an insurance agent. Life insurance is such a complicated thing. My goodness, when I look... (laughs) different life insurance policies. I'm like, oh my word. I'm just curious, what are some common misconceptions about life insurance that you hear from people when you start working with them? You're like, they're telling you, I did not know this about life insurance. I thought X. So what are some common misconceptions that you hear a lot? Well, one of the misconceptions is that, you know, I hear it often. I'll just get it later. I'll just get it when it's convenient. What people don't realize is that life insurance is designed to provide you with a benefit, but it also changes. And the cost of funding a contract of a life insurance policy changes as you get older because you're deemed as higher risk. 
because our health changes. Um, it's inevitable, right? As we get older, most of us, we always have a unique population of people that are extremely healthy overall. But when you start getting into your 60s, 70s, and 80s, it is extremely expensive to get covered, especially at that point in time, you're starting to get into a stage of your life where you're more so looking at a fixed income, right? We tend to have the highest potential of income and our highest earning potential between 30 and 55. And so that is when you really need to start taking advantage when you have that high income potential and opportunities to start putting certain instruments, financial instruments in place so that you're funding them to then take care of specifically when you get older so that those gaps and costs can be there. But the time to fund it is then. And I think a lot of the misconceptions that people have is, well, you know, I have so much going on right now. Why would I want insurance? I'm healthy. I'm young. I don't have a home. And what I'm saying is you lock into that rate, that premium cost early, because guess what? If you lock into that particular cost, you're already done. You're insured. And a lot of people fail to realize that Anything could happen tomorrow, five years from now, 10 years from now, where you could have some level of diagnosis and you're no longer insurable. And when you're no longer insurable, then now you have to come out of out of pocket costs for your funeral and for expenses at your loss for your family. See, a lot of times people don't realize that when you pass away, there's a cost outside of funeral expenses. Someone has to go into your home. They have to pack your belongings. They have to decipher. There's time that needs to be taken out to process the mourn and the loss. And a lot of times they say, well, they can handle it. I just feel like it's a certain level of irresponsibility and selfishness to not think of family when you want this to be sort of like my experience, the easiest thing possible because they already have to suffer losing you. So why not make it easy for them and get covered? Right. And I wanted to say, and you also, when you pass, if, especially if family was relying on your income to take care of that, they're also missing that. And that's huge, right? And that's a huge factor, I think, in getting insurance. It's like, especially if you're providing financially for your family, think about all that being taken away. What does that look like on top of everything else that they would need to navigate? Now, with life insurance, of course, we won't get into all the different types of life insurance because that could be probably a whole day workshop. Oh, <laughs> at least. And I'm down because I just anything insurance, I could talk about it for hours because I'm just so <laughs> passionate about this. But, you know, if you want to invite me again, we could do this. Yeah. So, but I'm curious though, because usually when life insurance, there's the term and then there's a whole, and a lot of people recommend the term. But of course, because it's, it's cheaper, right? And it's something that, you know, it's feasible for a lot of people. Now, the term is a term, <laughs> it only goes to a certain point in your life. So, when do you need to consider? moving one away from term life insurance. And what's that next step? Because, you know, listeners here vary from late 20s, 30s, 40s like us and on. So when do you start considering moving that from that term life insurance to what's next? What I tell people that I come across is remember that each type of policy has a specific objective that it can meet. And a lot of times people think, 
or believe that you should only have one policy when in fact it's okay to have different policies for different objectives. It is okay to be covered by multiple policies because they're meeting different needs. A term policy, the cost of it is very affordable, especially for people starting out who are very limited with income, and it could provide you with much more coverage. For example, a person starting out, just getting married, they now are joining forces financially together. They're starting out small. They're building their professional lives. Their income is just starting out. A term policy is fantastic because it doesn't cost much to do, and it's doing that one thing. It's covering whatever death benefit is needed. Now, how do you do that? Well, you calculate how much you will need based on the salary that you're providing that other person who needs it. So having a term is affordable, but there's an expiration date. And what you have to be ready for is when that expires, what are you going to do next? Are you going to get another term policy for another expiration date? Or do you start thinking about creating a permanent policy that you will fund Either, which is another misconception, well, I have to pay this for the rest of my life. That's not true. You can design permanent policies to end at a certain age so that you're no longer funding it. And the design of the policy will then be sure to make sure that it is funded adequately to provide you with the death benefit you need, whatever accumulations it's in the policy, because that's another feature that's fantastic about a permanent plan is that you are able to get sort of like an accumulation portion, which is sort of like a savings endeavor, liquid cash, tax-free, that's accessible to us if for any reason you might need it. And I always say permanent policies provide you with accumulated funds for you as the person who's the owner of the policy, but it provides the death benefit for your loved ones. So it's sort of benefiting you while you're living. And a lot of whole life and universal life policies also provide chronic illness, terminal illness, right? It sort of has that level of care so that if anything happens, that death benefit could also be advanced to you for whatever medical needs you might need it for or that gap of money needed while you are not working. I mean, it does so many great things. So it benefits you while you're living and it also benefits your loved ones in the case of your passing. Very interesting. Thank you for that. So we talked about misconceptions about life insurance. You talked to us a little bit about term and what would be next, and that's really on your objective, right? I'm also curious, once people have life insurance, whatever type of policy they have, what are some common mistakes? I know what I have seen in my own experience Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Not just because I'm a military spouse, but I've just heard too many times that someone didn't update their beneficiaries once there was a life change like a divorce. Correct. You know, that type of thing. So what are some common mistakes that you see when people have life insurance? I think one of the common ones, I am going to reiterate what you just mentioned, is not updating your beneficiary information. I think another disadvantage is not logging on or registering your policy in today's age because we have so much fintech. There's so many opportunities where you're one literally click away from getting access to your policy online. 
And so registering, it takes five minutes for you to create a username, password. And I know we have like hundreds of passwords and usernames we have to create nowadays, but having access to your policy makes such a difference because many of these things, you don't have to wait for your agent to come back to you and touch bases with you for these things to get done. Many of these things you can do on your own. Change the beneficiary online in your account. Change your address because you should be receiving some type of annual summary of what happened to your policy, especially if you have a permanent policy, you want to see your accumulated values. If you have an index universal life, right, or a variable universal life, these policies have returns that are being done based on the index. You want to know what you got credited that year based on what indexes you chose in your universal life policies. So being on top of these things is key because you know what's happening. If you're not happy with those strategies and those returns, you can set up a meeting with your agent and say, you know, I'm not really happy these past couple of years with these returns. How can we change the choices of my indexes within my policy so that I could see a better level of return in those indexes? So it's having to constantly have that dialogue and making sure you're staying on top of that. And another thing I think people make the error of is believing that, well, I'm just going to get what I can afford today. This is the best that I can do. And what they don't realize is they have the flexibility of being able to change those terms. If you're paying a certain portion and things get rough, you know, you could actually change and talk to your agent and temporarily change the premium contributions and make them lower just to get you through those hard times and then get back up again and do it again. And a lot of people don't know that. So that's another thing that people don't understand as far as what are their options? What are their rights? What can they be able to do? And when that paperwork comes in in your policies, read it. I think it's so important, right? We get so boggled down with the thing called LIFE that we're like, oh, we got the policy. I'm done. Thank goodness. And you slap it somewhere and you're done. But it's so important for you because when you actually take the time to read that, it's like, oh, I never realized I could do that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, hey, I'm ill. I need to lower my policy for the next two, three months because my income is going to be really low. Can you please change my premiums and lower them for the next three months? You need to be in control, right? That's important. That is such fantastic information because I am the one (laughs) that has not read. Right. And I am, I'm in the field that I am. Granted, I'm not in like, you know, I'm not in the insurance field, but I am that one. And I think this is just based on my own experience years ago is It just feels so overwhelming. Like just even the thought of calling the insurance agent, I'm like, oh, I I don't, it's overwhelming. I'm like, no, I don't want to talk because that means I have to really listen in and understand and just seems so complex. So if I feel that way, I can imagine others. And I think that's a big part of it. Now, I also noticed too, and I really appreciate everything that you shared, that If I'm not mistaken, because to get life insurance or any insurance, you can go, there are several options. You can go through a company that sells the products that are tied to the company, right? Or you can go to a broker that it can sell. And I believe if I did my homework right, I believe you fall into the category of a broker. Or am I incorrect? No, you are correct. Okay. Because that's what I saw on your website. And I liked I wanted to bring that up because I think we tend to think that, well, we need to go to New York Life or MetLife or some of the other companies that I can't think 
off the top of my head right now. And those companies are tied to the products within those companies. So there's some sort of bias, not to say that the insurance agents within those companies are bad, but they can only provide the products that they have. So someone like Jessica, that is a broker, and correct me if I say some of these things wrong, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Someone like Jessica, that is a broker, they can talk to you about your needs, just like the other agents. But based on that, they are able to provide you options, not just from one particular company. Correct. Okay. And I like that because it's like when you go to Chick-fil-A, I want options. Even though I know their number one value meal, the, that original Chick-fil-A is Bomba, and that's the one that most people get. But sometimes I want to go in and I want to get the grilled chicken salad. And if I want a milkshake, I can. And if I want ice cream, I can. Because each of them is feeding a specific need. The first thing I do, which is critical, is to spend time with my client understanding their money story. I have to know, where are you? What do you feel you have a gap in? What is the need that you don't have in place? And listen to that and learn about their family dynamic. Are you single, married? Do you have a partner? Do you have children? Do you not have children? What is your plan for the next 10, 15, 20 years? I sort of have like a template of the questions that I ask. And it's not rocket science. These are historical questions that people need to be asked to what they say, peel the onion factor to learn more about my clients. And then the minute they start sharing their story and their money story, I automatically know who is the company that can provide those services for them. I know because I have relationships with these carriers and I know what my client needs. The client that doesn't have optimum health, I know what insurance company can give them coverage. The person that is 55, 60, 70 and did not have insurance, I know the carriers that can cover them and provide them with final expense because they just don't have the income to fund a two, $300 a month policy. The young professional, millennial or in their 20s who now wants coverage and they have the funds because they're making 60, 70, 80, but they don't want just term. They actually want to start having an accumulated funds inside their policy because they want money that they can access immediately for whatever reason outside of their savings account. I listen to my clients and depending on what their story is, I know the carrier that can do it, but I also provide them with other options. The science is not overwhelming the client because the minute you give them too many options, it's going to be harder for them to make a choice. But that's why I love getting the opportunity to give them options because I feel they feel happier when they leave my office. Oh, absolutely. And just even in talking to you today and learning about your knowledge and of course insurance, you're going to know all this stuff, but you have a way of teaching that if you were the person that I talked to when I first bought a life insurance policy, I would have walked out not you know, all like, oh my gosh, I don't even understand any of this besides, well, if I die, my family's covered X amount by X amount of money. So I really like that there's people like you. I think you're one in very a small percentage because I have talked to multiple insurance agents and I'm like, can you talk to me in 
English or, or Spanish. I mean, I speak both, <laughs> but don't use so much insurance lingo. Use a language that the consumer can understand. And I can tell you do that. So I want to commend you on that because like I said, if you were the person I talked to when I first got it, I would have left the office whew, just like an ease. And you would think that you would live an insurance office with just like, oh, I did something great. But I left still kind of not icky, but I didn't feel at ease. I felt more confused sometimes. And so that's one of the reasons also that I just really am so thankful that I'm in this blessed position. I really, I have said this for so many years, right? I'm a teacher at heart and I'm a teacher first before I am an insurance agent. And the reason why is because I really do feel that people get more excited about the choices they make and the financial instruments they decide that they want to have in their portfolio when they know what it is and they know why they chose it. When you know why you're doing it, the why piece is so critical. You have to know why you're doing it. And I tell my clients all the time, you will not leave my meeting unless you answer the question, why are you getting this policy? Who is it benefiting? What can you do as a policy owner while you are living with the policy? I want answers. And so there's like a classroom mode when we're having these meetings, right? Because I want to make sure they understand that, you know, this is a lifelong commitment. I mean, life insurance policies, honestly, you have to look at it as a 20, 30, 40 year commitment. And so that's a big deal. And when you're making this long-term commitment, you want to make sure that you're understanding what this is and how does this impact you a decade from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, because the one thing that people keep going to is life insurance is for a death benefit. Life insurance is for a death benefit. Okay. That's what it used to be. Life insurance today has so many, many amazing functions that are helping families. Do you know that families that use life insurance to fund their college education for their children? Did you know that life insurance is being used to be an additional instrument for funding retirement? Did you know that life insurance is being used to help people get out of debt? Did you know that life insurance is used to help plan legacies for families, strictly funding a policy to help the children's children, the future generations, and literally funding policies to help the children of your children. There's so many facets. It's no longer what it used to be. It's sort of like, you remember that cell phone that was heavy, had a block with that, and you had to carry it in your car? It's no longer that. We've evolved. And insurance companies understand that. If you don't meet the needs of people today, you'll be desolate and you won't grow and you won't remain. So because of that, life insurance companies have realized we need to make some changes. And in order for us to continue participating in the financial portfolios of families and being there for them financially, we need to change what life insurance is doing from the past to today. I love it. Well, I appreciate you, Jessica. I appreciate everything that you shared. And I appreciate your philosophy, you know, teaching first, because I think that's the other thing that as consumers, we fear life insurance because we see that person as a salesperson. I'm just going to call it how it is. And sometimes it doesn't feel like they are serving our best interests, but rather just kind of marking up, you know, some check boxes. So I really, really appreciate what you do and commend you. And, and thank you so much, Jessica. This has been a fun conversation. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited, Jen. 
You were blown away, weren't you? I know, I know. Believe me. Jessica is phenomenal at teaching the concept of life insurance, and I'm sure other things, but today we witnessed how she taught us about life insurance in a way that is digestible. Instead of us reading all that mess that they have us read that no one gets through and to try to decipher it ourselves. I am just so grateful that she came to talk to us. For me, it was helpful because in our household in particular, we currently have term life insurance, both of us, my husband and I. And even though it's hard to admit that this term life insurance will be expiring, meaning (laughs) we're getting older, Sooner than later, we have to start to consider our next steps when it comes to life insurance. And so just listening to her really opened up my mind and I have a better understanding. I have a better appreciation and I'm not feeling, you know, that ickiness feeling that overwhelming that I feel when I see anything about life insurance, because I literally have always wanted to run away because it's something I know what the concept is for, you know, but understanding all the different types of policies, it would just wasn't for me. I was like, I know there's one thing I won't be is a life insurance professional because woo, it was just a lot. But she does a phenomenal job of really teaching us, as you heard. Now, did you catch what question I was referring to earlier in the episode? Because this question, if you have a clear answer to it, it will help you choose the right life insurance policy for you. And that question was having clarity on why, on why you are getting the policy. That is so foundational for everything else. And when you think about it, it's simple. It's like I mentioned earlier, it's like right in front of your face tip, but it's something we don't take time in doing. And the answer to that question shouldn't be because I need life insurance. That shouldn't be why you need to dive deeper as to why are you getting it? How do you want it to serve you? And that will help guide you when you talk to the life insurance professional so they can present you policies that will help you, that are most beneficial for you. Because if you don't get that clarity, it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the options. But if you get that clarity, it makes not just your life easier, but it's going to actually help the person you're speaking to because they have a better understanding of you, of your needs, and what you want that life insurance policy to do for you. Because again, there's so many options. So if you haven't already, make sure you take some time to answer this question. Also, make sure to connect with Jessica. Her Instagram, I will have it in the show notes, a link to the show notes. But if you look up IN and then underscore VEST, consulting. So VEST, V-E-S-T, consulting, you will find it. But again, I will have that linked up in today's show notes. If you love this episode and this conversation, I would love it if you do two simple things for me. The two things is share and review. And did you know that you can also review on Spotify? I literally found this out this week. Like literally, I did not know. I have listened to podcasts on Spotify, and I have never seen the option to leave them like a five-star review. Never. And I found out that it is an option. So in addition to Apple Podcasts, if you listen to this on Spotify, you literally, when you go to the podcast for any podcast, but 
of course, I'm asking you to hopefully review her Dinero Matters. When you go to just the main podcast page and there's three dots, you click on the three dots. And if you're already following, it'll say stop following. Hopefully you won't do that. It'll also have rate the show. And then below that, it'll have share. Okay. So if you could rate the show, if you're listening to us on Spotify, or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, that's more obvious where to do that. And we would love that. And also, if you could share this episode with one person as well. So review the podcast. I shared with you how to do that. We also make it easy for you as well. We will have to update the resources section on how to do that because we need to add Spotify on there. And once you do that, if you could just email us at support at jenhemphill.com with a screenshot of the review or a screenshot how you rated the show on Spotify, and we will put it in a drawing for a free month of our membership, Financially Strong Circle. Now, if you're not familiar with what Financially Strong Circle is, you can learn more at jenhemphill.com forward slash membership. Now, next week, we will get the opportunity to meet Debbie O'Hara, whose message is about making sure you have a financial voice. You will learn what that is all about and more. Buena pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 317. Remember that being the reina of your money simply starts now by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.